Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm grateful to be with you today. My name is Ed Taylor, just back into town again. We arrived just in time for our water baptism last night. 57, I think, was the final number of people that we baptized in our first baptism of the year, uh, the first two months of the year. 57, we had 70-something sign up, but the final tally was 57, so congratulations, everyone that was water baptized, taking that significant step of faith and and obedience uh, to the teaching of God. Jesus telling us to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a glo- I love baptism services, and I love to see the parents baptizing their kids. I love to see the pastors and the men that they're raising up in ministry team- teaming up together to baptize. I love to see the cooperation. Even last night, we had another resurgence of kids uh, running around the sanctuary Uh, and even helping. So there was a lot more kids there watching, even though, you know, they're not paying focused attention on all the baptisms, but they're in the environment of what the Lord is doing. And some of them were helping, passing out towels. Uh, Really, really cool. We got these new baptismals that we put up in the sanctuary so uh, that there's room now that you can uh, comfortably for two people uh, to be baptized at the same time. So like to do uh, married married couples and it's just it was great such a glorious time I was a little tired so I got uh, we had a late flight uh, coming in and then I had to run home real quick get ready take a shower get back to church but man what a life what a life what a privilege so congratulations to everyone that was water baptized to those that missed it we'll have another one or maybe your own church wherever you're listening uh, your church has a water baptism. Do it. Obey the Lord. It's very important. Uh, we were up. You say, well, Ed, where were you? We were up in Petaluma, California. Never been there before. Uh, but I have a pastor friend there that I had the privilege to teach uh, at his church in Petaluma. Really f- amazing, fun time we had with the church and the leadership and the family there. Uh, and what an honor and privilege And then it came back and we're talking about our Israel trip coming up. I can't wait to take a full bus to Israel for a, what I like to call a Bible vacation with 50 other people, Bible vacation. And we're going to visit all the spots starting down in Joppa and then ending at the garden tomb and everything in between down in Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee, Jerusalem, Masada, and Getty. Uh, probably, I think, we try to cram in 45 stops in 10 days. And I think we could do it. I know we could do it. 
and whether it's a Bible Devo up on the Mount of uh, Beatitudes or it's uh, being in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, matter of fact, our friend, Pastor Dave Pierce up at Calvary in Fort Collins is in Israel right now. And hopefully he's tuning in, not sleeping, uh, tuning into Calvary Live. He has a radio broadcast here on Grace FM locally. By the way, Calvary Live originates here in Aurora, Colorado. It's a ministry outreach of Calvary Church here in Aurora, and it's heard live on the Grace FM radio network up and down what we call in Colorado the Front Range, which is basically all of the main cities, all the way to the edge of Pueblo, all the way north into uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, on the west side of the Rockies. Uh, that's what they call the Front Range. Uh, so welcome everyone listening live on Grace FM. We're also on the Radio by Grace Network, which is um, stations around the country. Uh, you guys are listening live. And then Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, you're hearing this one week delayed. But here's how you get to be a part of the show. you got to call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and save the number. I see already we have a call because someone saved the number. Save that number in your contacts and also save our dedicated text line in your contacts. That, that is 720-336-0897. You can always text that number. 24 hours a day, seven days a week with prayer requests during the program. You can text us questions as well. If we have time and we have open time and we don't have calls, I'll go to the text line and I'll knock out those texts the best that I can. All right, let's start right here in Colorado. If you would, Frank, line one is Christine. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I was just calling. I have had a question for you for a few weeks now, and I continue to have um, dreams where I feel like the devil is trying to attack me more. Yes. And so I just wanted to ask what your opinion was or what the Bible says about that exactly, if we're more open to spiritual attacks while we're asleep. Absolutely not. Okay. We are not more open. We're actually less open to spiritual attacks while we're asleep because our mind is shut down for the most part. We're in a semi-state of consciousness where we're resting and God has given us that rest. But let me explain to you what I think is happening in your dream life or your nightmare life, and that is you're attacked while you're awake. You're attacked with thoughts. You're attacked with ideas. You're uh, attacked with sights and sounds and then you run with them in your own emotions. And, and I don't mean you in particular, like us, all of us believers, we're attacked by uh, not taking our thoughts into captivity. You know, it can start innocently with a random thought, but then we, we think about it, we run with it, we think the worst, we, and then we go to sleep with that all on our minds and on our subconscious minds. And, and we wrestle with things uh, while we're asleep. And usually it's the last thing that we thought about is usually what's in our dreams, uh, or the last, the thing that's been taking the most uh, precedent in our lives. And we do have examples, I have to say, uh, of God using dreams to get our attention, dreams and visions. Um, and uh, they're, they're almost, not exclusively, but they are almost uh, exclusively good things or things that would be directive from God uh, he doesn't wait for us to get it to go to sleep so he can give us an important message. 
But like Peter, you remember, he was in a semi-state of sleep where he got the vision of the food coming down, all the unclean food in the sheets, and God was getting his attention about not food, but uh, about people. What you call, what I call clean, don't you call unclean? But that was very rare. It was a very unique time uh, in Peter's life, and God could use, and he does use dreams and visions. He promises it in Acts. Um, and I'm trying to think there was a time where God, I believe, sent a troubling dream to an unbeliever. Um, but the devil can't mess with you because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So he's not going to get access to your brain just because you're asleep. Matter of fact, it's um, even while we're resting, God's protecting us, which gives us a greater sense of trust and faith because we don't need to um, we don't need to be anxious when we go to sleep, but we can rest in the Lord because he gave that to us. Right. Okay. And I was proud of myself when I woke up because in my dream, I actually did rebuke what was going on. And Good. I, you know, definitely I, I told him, I said the Lord's prayer and, but I just, I don't know. I've had some really crazy dreams lately. And then it comes, I'm like, am I supposed to even try to interpret these dreams or not? Is that not biblical? Well, you know, a whole a whole industry, money making industry, in the church world today is an interpretation of dreams, mm-hmm. and I don't put not, like if it was a hundred percent, I don't even put ninety nine percent credence behind it. Um, I think it's money making and nonsense. My, you know, I don't I don't know a stronger word to use than nonsense. Mm-hmm. However, however, I don't want to dismiss completely the fact that God might get our attention in our dreams or there might be some significance to something that's recurring, something that while I'm awake, I can pray for and ask God to give me the interpretation. Because we do know God has, well, you know, if you think God gave the unbelieving Nebuchadnezzar a dream uh, that Daniel was given the insight to interpret. uh, And again, that's not normative, but it did happen. but I, I think that what, here's what happens, Christine, this is what happens to us. And let me just ask you this before I even say it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a simple yes or no question. You ready? Yes. Are you an overthinker generally? Yes. And, and that's why dreams bother you. Okay. Because typically, and I'm not, and I may or may not be describing you, but typically overthinkers live by knowledge and not by faith. Okay. And I'll explain that. The more knowledge and confidence you have in something, the more settled your heart might be. Yeah. So that walking by faith is kind of unknown. It's not that you don't trust God. I'm not, I don't mean walk by knowledge and not by faith means you don't trust God. I, I know you do. But coming from a person that's an overthinker myself, uh, and God's growing me out of this, I, I am. I'm much more confident when I have knowledge, when I know what's going on, when I know what's going to go on. Then when God just doesn't give me an answer, I have unsettled questions or what the heck's going on and what's happening. And I like everything tied and clean and I like everything in order. And, and sometimes I'm more comfortable with order than I am with the Lord. Right. And And that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love God and he has saved me and I've had some great blessings and continue to be blessed every single day. Yes, but I just um, and my faith walk I feel is really strong. But I also, being a human, yes, I do like to know <laughs> what's going on, yeah, and I course. try to figure things out. You know, so 
And so I would say if you're getting the same dream over and over again, if it's something that is tied to, I don't know, some kind of action needs to be taken, or I would just make it a primary. I'd put it up to the top of my prayer list, but I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't say, oh, look, God's given me a, a insight of what's going to happen and I need to be ready for it. I'm, I mean, especially if it's in the negative or something like like you first asked the question, you know, is it the devil attacking me? Um, the devil cannot attack you while you're asleep. I don't believe he doesn't have access to our minds. He can't get inside of us. He can only mess with us from the outside. And okay. I thought that Satan's biggest target was our minds. It is, but only from the outside. I can mess with your mind. I can control your mind. That's how powerful I am. I am the most powerful pastor that you are talking to right now. There is not a more powerful pastor. I can control your mind. Do you believe me or don't believe me? No. I, I believe me because I can say, here, here, Christine, I want you to never think of a purple alligator. I don't even want you to think of a purple. Don't even think of the color purple. And before you dismiss me, you think of a purple alligator just so you can say, I'm not going to like, like I can throw things out to mess with your head and what right. you choose to do with it is really up to you. Right. Like Absolutely. God, God, he, and so that's why the Bible says to take, to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay. It, it means that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, and so, you know, one thing I noticed, and I, I, I remember reading this from an author, he talked about a real, a real difficult, and this might be, I appreciate you staying on the phone with me. By the way, we have an open line, 303-690-3000. Um, but maybe this is for somebody listening in right now where I was reading a guy, uh, I don't know, maybe six years ago, and he, he gave me this thought that I'll never forget. He talked about the, the, the wiles or the schemes of the devil, and this is something that he, the devil does to us, especially when it relates to our past, some negative situation in our past that God has fully forgiven us of, or a past hurt or a past sin, these things in the past. And this is what the devil does. The devil shoots a thought toward us, at us, that we can ignore. Uh, maybe he uses the culture. Maybe we're walking through Safeway, and like me, this is a real example. I'm walking through Safeway. The music overhead is 80s music. A song comes on. 80s music is the soundtrack of my sinful, rebellious life, and many songs are associated with specific times in my life or even specific events that that song will take me back to the 80s like it was today right. and make me remember things I don't want to remember. And so here's how the enemy does it. The enemy throws a thought in your life and then, then leaves. And the thought elicits an emotion. And let's say it was a really bad, abusive, traumatic event. We have the thought, and now I'm feeling really, really bad. Uh, I'm overwhelmed by emotion because of this traumatic event that was 20 years ago. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it, nothing that I can uh, you know, um, resolve it. Um, I'm 20 years away from it, but it feels like it was today. So it debilitates me today. It makes me sad. It kicks in depression, fear. But the thought is gone. But the emotion stays. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important to take those thoughts captive and not entertain them. Because right. 
then our emotions, which last so much longer than our thoughts are, you know, I forget, I didn't, I don't remember what it is, but like we go through thousands of thoughts a day. Every day we have thousands upon thousands of thoughts, but our emotions, they tend to linger and they tend to take control and we make bad decisions based on bad emotions. And it all started with a dumb little thought. Yeah. And the triggers that trigger your life and your past experiences and stuff, that's where yes. I get doubled up and I'm like, is this from the God? Is this from God or is this from Satan? Or is it just me, you know, messing things up or making things bigger than they need to be? So yeah. I need to work on that, holding thoughts captive for sure. And, it's, and, it's a, and here's the thing about, and this is something, you know, over the years, over the years, uh, I didn't uh, have to really, I had a really good, strong walk with very little problems, you know, maybe church problems or leadership problems, good marriage, good kids. And then when my son passed away, the, you know, tragedy just mm-hmm. rocked our world. And then all of the drama that surrounded the, that still exists surrounding the death of my son, like I didn't realize, and I have a new empathy now for really traumatic things where I didn't realize how exhausting physically, mentally, emotionally it can be to take every single thought into captivity. It is exhausting. And so now I understand why people will just check out, withdraw, and not want to deal with anything because like, you feel like you have no way out. If you go this way, then you're just going to be, the devil's going to be messing with you all day. But if you go this way, then you're just almost equally exhausted but it's a lie because doing it God's way is going to encourage you and strengthen you and help you. And he's going to be your deliverer because it's his strength. Even if you're physically tired, there could be a sense where God has us physically tired. So his strength can be made perfect. Um, so it's, it's never okay to entertain those thoughts. They'll always undermine our faith in the Lord. And it, it's best that we just get exhausted abiding in Christ. And really... We won't be exhausted. We'll be like at rest. Like, and that's why your sleep's getting disrupted because everything's worse when you don't sleep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That's a great question. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye. 303-690-3000. Super way to start out the show. I mean, these are real. These are real everyday things that we face and it is good to be back live with you my name is ed taylor hey you know what happened this week our podcast season number four of our podcast launched and i was looking at the numbers today i didn't want to look at them um but i did uh, and i just peeked at our numbers today and we're almost record-breaking listens in the first four days than most of the prior episodes i think that the the in the first four days we've had just as many listens to this one episode as we did when we first launched it so very exciting we're kind of the theme of season four is is like how do we live post pandemic and by the way the the podcast topic is leading and serving not just in the church but how to be a good leader and servant in the world uh, and the topic that we chose was how do we respond post-pandemic? And all season four will be me and another pastor with me. Uh, so far, if we can, if we can uh, pull it off, it's going to be Pastor Bob Claycamp, 
the whole season. And we're talking like as if you were in the room with us, talking ministry together. Talk, we have some topics, but it's unscripted. Uh, it's you being able to come into our office, if you will, and talk ministry and life. Uh, and so the name of the podcast, you guys listening, maybe you didn't know about it, is Lead to Serve, L-E-A-D-2, the number two, serve, all one word. Go wherever you get podcasts, uh, and you can subscribe and download the episode. The episode titled Adversities Are Opportunities. That's season um, episode number one, and it just launched. It come, Oh, it's actually three days because we launch it on Tuesday mornings now. So every Tuesday morning for maybe 10 weeks or so, a new episode will come out. We're on season four. Uh, it has been an overwhelming a response overall to the three seasons, especially when we were doing uh, episodes about um, uh, talking about race and the difficulties and the hostilities and the racism from a biblical perspective. So we aren't afraid to tackle topics and what it means to lead through them. Uh, and I'm I'm so encouraged. And Bob Claycamp is a gift to the body of Christ, Bob and Jeannie, and so grateful to have him uh, on the season. And so lead to serve. If you download our app, just go to the app store and put my name in it, Ed Taylor. Uh, Download the app. All of our church podcasts are there. Here is a text that came through. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Pastor Ed, can you please pray for my daughter, M? Uh, I won't say her name, for mental health. Cutting, uh, stuck in her head, lonely close relationships she's needing. Lord, I pray for M. This is a familiar, it's a very, very familiar prayer request. The mental, emotional, spiritual loneliness um, that's attacking young people, it can be overwhelming. And so I pray, God, that uh, you would comfort her and, and be with her mom as she's dealing with ministering to her. And I just, by way of extension, so many are feeling the same thing. God, we just pray for your hand to be upon their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Here's a question. What are your thoughts on the events in Asbury, Kentucky? And is is this a true revival starting I was I came back from vacation to read about what was happening in Asbury among the young people there and my thoughts are very positive it's very encouraging when we read of young people uh, involved in uh, extended times of prayer and intercession and an openness for a fresh work of the Holy Spirit uh, in all that God would want to do upon the young people and how it encouraged many other people it encouraged me so I came back from vacation, and one of the first articles I read was that encouraging article. It encouraged me, and it seems that I have, I'm in a stream of friendships where it encouraged my pastor friends as well. Uh, so I, I'm very, I'm behind it, man. I think it's great. Um, I, I don't think we need to go there to experience it. If it's a true work of God, we're all going to be a part of it. Um, I don't think it's exclusive where God's only working there. And then revival, you know, when we look at revival, or we look at uh, uh, awakening. Um, either one of those. I hope. You know, this is what I posted on social media, so I'll answer it to you. What are your thoughts on Asbury? 
Is it a revival? And my answer was, I hope so. I hope so. I want to be a part of it too. Whatever God's doing, I want to be a part of it. Then the next one, what do you think of the negative acts in the article that you sent me? I didn't read the article, but you know, everybody's going to attack it. Uh, I saw the title of the article though. Oh boy, everybody's um, been exposed to measles now in Asbury. Well, you know what? We, we take our lives in our own hands. They belong to the Lord. If I'm exposed to measles or something else, then so be it. I'm going to be, it's my freedom to exp- uh, be in the place I want to be. And I, if I went to Asbury and I was exposed to measles, then so be it. The Lord's in uh, my life is in his hands. And so, you know, I don't, anybody that's been listening to me uh, uh, or part of the ministry here for the years, you notice oh, the older I get, the less nonsense I want to be a part of, the less arguing I'm going to do, the less explaining, trying to explain myself or even defend myself. I, I don't have time for it. It, that I used to engage in all that and for what purpose, you know, it's doesn't really um, further the kingdom. And I'm just asking God to help me uh, be more um, further the kingdom. That's all I want to do. I just want to be used of God to more um, to that. So, all right, uh, let's go back to Colorado. Now, Arvada, Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I am really grateful and want to share um, a little bit and then pray for the same thing with others. But God okay. is doing a work in my family. No way. Reconciliation that's been, I don't know, 30, 35 years coming. And I am just really grateful that he's doing this. I didn't see it coming. Um, so we had a family tragedy. And hmm. instead of it being so bad, it's like, we're all coming together, and I, it's a really big deal. It's a really big praise to the Lord for what He did. Um, nothing that anybody else did. I prayed for, for some stuff uh, that there'd be peace. And uh, one of the people that you know, we, I've been at odds with my family member, and that's one of the first things that came out of their mouth was, you know, that there'd be peace in the situation. And I was dumbfounded because I knew that God's hands was on us at that moment. It, it always is. I, I can see so many things where God spared my life so many times, and He loves us. He is so good to us. Yes. And uh, if I could, if I could, I'd like to pray for um, my family and just families in general. That'd be yes, all right. please do it. we got two minutes, so it's yours. they're yours. Okay. Lord God, we just thank you for what's going on in my family. I ask that you would bring reconciliation to other families, Lord, that are having struggles, Lord God, and that they would see, and there would be many saved, and you would be glorified, Lord, in the things that come to pass. Um, In the areas where we've messed stuff up, Lord, you step in and you fix it. Uh, Just so grateful, Lord, so, so very grateful, and and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Michael. We rejoice with you, man. God bless you, Ed. All right. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Hey, if you want information on forgiveness and reconciliation, email me, ed, at edtaylor.org, and I will respond to that email. Say, I want the forgiveness info. I will respond to that email with some links for you to download and print out. One of the best packets, there's a brother in San Diego who we we had out at our church a couple years, many years ago. He has written the best simple uh, pamphlet on forgiveness that I've ever read. 
and I think it'll help you. And plus, I have a lot of other resources that will be in that email. So just email me. Don't text it because the links don't work very well in the text replies. So you have to email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and then say you want the forgiveness info. And whether I'll do it either today or tomorrow, I'll respond to your email uh, so that you can get all that info because I would love to serve you and I'd love to hear testimony after testimony of Michael uh, where there's reconciliation uh, between folks. So email me on the forgiveness info. Hey, this is Calvary Live coming up on the one and only break. Uh, So stick around for a couple minutes and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Oh, wow. Uh, welcome back to the program. I'm noticing uh, the um, the phone lines um, and then I just got a text. So just found out a pastor friend passed away from the Calvary Chapel up here in Cheyenne. So I'm this very second uh, is the first time I'm learning about it. So go, let's grab Bill. Uh, uh, would you please, Frank, from line three? Hey, Bill, yes, welcome uh, to the how program. How you doing, Pastor Ed? Well, I'm, actually, um, now I'm not doing so well. I, 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 this is the, I'm reading a text, and then I know you're calling in for the same thing. Um, yeah. And, uh, Tom, Tom passed away Tuesday night. Oh, man. I don't know if you knew uh, about his cancer or not. I did know about the cancer, and I did talk with him uh, before he passed, and I also talked with Sean um, yeah. be- before he passed, but I didn't know he passed. It came, That was very fast. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, I just saw him for less than two weeks ago, uh-huh. and he was looking pretty good. And uh, But um, if, if you could, you know, pray for, of course, for his wife and his, and his, his daughter, yeah. Um, but also pray for the uh, his church brothers and sisters up here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that's kind of a big blow to all of us because um, yeah. Tom touched uh, so many people. He's a good and, man. And was just a blessing to so many. You know, uh, the most, so just as we're sharing uh, re- related to Pastor Tom, the most time that I spent with Tom, and for you guys listening, Pastor Tom was a key assistant pastor at a Calvary Chapel uh, nearby here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And I've, I've interacted with him. I've taught up there. I've taught a men's uh, and interacted and enjoyed my time with him. But the most time that I spent with him, the most time on the phone and the most communication I've had with him is was because he had a deep caring concern to make sure that Pastor Sean was taken care of. Like he, he had on his heart uh, this loving, giving, caring, uh, advocating, supporting his senior pastor. And we spent a lot of time talking about how to do that, how to best do that, how to take care of Sean. The, Tom was legit in every way. Amen, brother. He, uh, um, he's helped me through uh, some issues and um, uh, helped some friends through some issues. Um, like I said, he was just a, uh, a bright light, and now he's with our Lord. Yes, I mean, I, I, I grieve his loss for yes. a year. But um, 
happy to know where he's at right now. He's not asking to come back. I'm pretty confident of that. I am pretty sure of that, too. <laughs> Father, I pray, God, first for my friend Bill as he grieves, and and just in my mind, Lord, processing all this, I, I pray, God, that um, those that are grieving, Tom, um, his family, his church family, his pastor, the people that connected with him, I mean, I think of so many people affected by his life that he... Uh, well, he knows now he's in the presence of the Lord. I mean, he's in your presence, God. You, some, I'm sure there's a revelation of all that, all that happened on earth, like, you know, things he didn't even know about. Welcome in, uh, you know, come on in. I'm sure is the, the greeting, uh, good and faithful servant. And, but, but we, we grieve Lord and we pray that you would comfort, um, the powers family and everyone in between, uh, everyone that touched by it uh, in the pain, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you for asking for prayer and also indirectly. Now I get to know I'll give Sean a call and and yeah. um, and we'll serve him yeah. well too. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, he's got the, Thank you. God bless right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. Uh, let, me, let me shift gears a little bit and let me ask, answer this question. Uh, I think it's really a good question to ask, uh, and I want to answer it. How can we recognize a person of God? And I actually did a Bible study on what is a disciple. So I answered this question a little bit diff, or I, I asked it a little bit differently, where I asked it in the first person, if I'm going to follow Christ, what does that look like? So we can back up a little bit. Let me just give you six things to look for in a person of God. Uh, six things for you to look for in yourself. But actually, there's way more in this Bible study. Um, and I, we'll get to it when we get in. We're studying through Acts as a church. But let me just give them to you. Ready? Everyone listening. Uh, a, a person of God loves God. Uh, you have a new, true love for God. Secondly, you long for a personal communion with God. That means you like to be with him. <clears throat> and I would say, thirdly, you also like to be with other people that love him. So that's fellowship. You like to be with other believers. Uh, next, you love what God loves. And that's an important thing. As you're reading the Bible and God says he loves something, you're going to want to love it. Next, you hate what God hates, and including sin. Like you have a real hatred for what God hates. And then third, uh, next, you, you love people that God loves. So you learn to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And number seven, you long for the return of Christ. Uh, you long for the return of Christ. A person of God reads the Bible every day. A person of God prays every day. A person of God is in fellowship every day, um, whether it's in fellowship like a church or fellowship with somebody talking. A, 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 person, of, a person of God uh, shares their faith regularly. Um, and we can go on and on uh, with this, but those are things, some things to consider. I hope that helps you answer with the answer to the question that you texted in. Thank you. By the way, our text line is 24 hours for prayer requests, 720-336-0897. Back now to Colorado, Castle Rock. Aiden, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. You're um, welcome. I. First, I just want to say condolences. I'm, I'm so sorry that it's always hard when you lose a friend and a brother. So. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and I, uh, my question is, um, is about video games. I, uh, I know, um, recently that's a new, uh, new thing to the world. And, uh, um, is it, is it a waste of time? I mean, I, I like, I feel like I do it in moderation with friends and family and, uh, yeah. But is it is it just being selfish and using up God's time, or um, yeah. uh, what is your thoughts? Yeah, I guess a question like that is such a profoundly personal question that the answer that I would give is it it can be yes and it can be no. Um, you know, I think that you have to break down video games for a second and kind of consider uh, what kind of video games are on there. Um, you know, I I know that I was never and I'm still never comfortable. And just speaking for Ed, I'm not speaking as a pastor, but just Ed in my walk with the Lord with video games that train me to kill people violently, um, especially the way they're doing them today where they look so lifelike and you're just walking around with guns and teaming up with people and mowing people down. I, I've never I wasn't in, I wasn't comfortable with it when it first started and I'm not comfortable with it now. You know, it could be a weaker conscience on my part. It could be a lot of things, but I don't really advocate for them. However, I do think that people can disengage and, and understand that it's make-believe and be involved in that, and, and it won't be a problem for them. So I think the type of game is important, uh, so we want to assess that. And then there is a time factor, and yes, it could very well lead a person to waste their life uh, and their time, uh, and they would have to measure that. Same with social media, right? Or same with any kind of hobby, uh, for that matter, that isn't sinful inherently, but definitely has other situations with um, with time. Uh, and, and so the answer could be yes or no. Uh, and I think that you using the word moderate tells me when you use that word tells me that you're assessing this from the perspective of, um, how much is too much. And I know the Holy spirit will help you, um, you know, determine that in your life. Um, but we all waste time. So, you know, whether I say you, I can't believe it, Aiden, you stinking video game time waster. Well, that's not fair because you could say, well, Ed, you waste your time too. Uh, you veg out on a television program or you and your wife uh, did, uh, what do they call it when you watch a whole season um, of something? Do you, what's the word for that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But you know, we have watched a, a binge, binge watch. When you binge watch okay. a season on something, on, like I've done that before. So uh, whether I wasted time or I had free time or I needed to wind down, I didn't feel conviction of the Holy Spirit from that, but... If I did, I would have to address it. Okay, so you're not saying video games are necessarily like inherently sinful. No, I worst, don't think but so. They, but you know, if you're not if you're not keeping it in check, it could be. That's what yeah, you're like, like like think of this. You know, how about reading books? Right, we yeah. can ask the same question. Reading books. Well, you know what? First of all, it does depend on what kind of book you're reading. Like, if someone's reading those romance novels that are very graphic and well, you know, I think I can make a strong case that that's sinful. Uh, yeah. And then if they're doing it a long time, I think I can make a strong case that that's sinfully wasting your time and, and messing with your head sinfully. However, you know, reading novels, uh, enjoying someone's storytelling abilities, and, and no, that's, that's not sin. So you really got to approach it. You know, I think if a guy's playing video games eight hours a day, I'm pretty sure I can make the, the I can make the con, uh, conclusion that's a waste of time. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, what's moderate? Like maybe it's it would have to be you know individual. But I think you would know. Uh, 
I think you would know when it becomes too much because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for um, thank you for your pointers. I appreciate it. And let me just add one more thing, just by comparison. You ready, Aiden? Yeah. I don't play video games at all, and I'm yeah. so much better than you. Yeah. Does doesn't that sound dumb? Uh, a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it's arrogant, and it's it's a and that's our approach sometimes, right? We're like, well, you know. You waste all your time with video games, and somehow you people will get that sense of just because video games not a deal for them um, that they start feeling arrogant. But yeah. the reality is, is that you know what, Aiden? I bet you sometimes you cross the line in video games. You probably do it too much. But you know, when I'm looking at my Instagram feed, I bet you I also waste time. So we should both go to the cross and ask the Holy Spirit to help us so that we can use our time for Him. That's the right way to handle that. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Okay. But anyways, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And uh, thanks, brother. I'm talking to Sean. So. All right. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You know, we have to be super careful, don't we? Because we might point out, you know, other people's sin, uh, which is so easily seen, and not recognizing ourselves that we're wretched sinners that have been redeemed by grace, and. And I love the question. I, I And it's funny because, you know, I don't actually know when it's a waste of time for Aiden or when it's a waste of time for you uh, because it's not a big deal for me. I don't need to worry about it. Um, but I do need to worry about wasting time in other areas of my life. Um, you know, and I think one of the one of the areas that I've seen just kind of being real with you since it's the topic, uh, one of the areas the Lord has been revealing to me as a man of God is that sometimes in the last 10 years, grief was used as an excuse to withdraw in my life. And that's a hard thing that would have been hard for someone to tell me in the moment because the grief was real. So it's not like it didn't exist, but my response to grief I would with be withdrawing, uh, maybe not engaging um, with people that are close to me or going a little bit deeper in things. And the Lord revealed that to me, and he revealed it in quite a few areas of my life. And And I think that it's a very similar thing when it comes to, you know, maybe video games where God says God's given us all things richly to enjoy and the gift of video games and engaging in a make-believe world or... Um, competition, whatever those types of things, you know, however a person, whatever reason, a person, reason a person does that, it may not be sinful in and of itself, but it can be by our response to it. Um, and we just have to be, uh, and the answer is to abide in Christ as we're in the word every day and praying, God will speak and lead. The Bible says that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. We're to acknowledge him in all our ways and he'll direct our paths. And it could be that some people are listening in right now that Aiden's question was just used by God to tell you that you've been wasting time and for you to develop new disciplines in prioritizing Jesus, right? If Jesus said to seek him first, and I do believe I can say this pretty definitively that one of the surprises of heaven will be just how much we all wasted time. 
especially in a culture that values amusement, amusement, uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, what's the, um, avoiding reality, if you will. Um, the amusement, I'm going to see if I can find this, um, the uh, in it was defined in the the origin of the word amusement is from the 17th century. Uh, it speaks of musing or the diversion of the attention. It's from the French, uh, and it's a diversion. And so many people live their whole life diverted from the reality. Uh, it also the word amuse uh, comes to us from the 15th century. And the word muse literally, amuse literally speaks of deluding or deceiving. Um, the idea behind it is deception and being diverted from reality. And imagine that. When we say we go to Disneyland, Disneyland is what? An amusement park. And what does amuse mean? To be diverted from reality, uh, to be taken out of reality, because we um, live in a culture that values. And, and not just values, but promotes living outside of reality. And, you know, we just got to be careful. The Lord will lead us. They don't have to be overly worried about it. But when if God's bringing up a concern, we should really address it. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the number. Waiting for your calls to come in. Uh, here's a great question. What are your thoughts on the movie Jesus Revolution? Well, I finally did get to see it with my wife. And my thoughts are, it is a must-see movie. Use it as a tool to bring, to bring people into an environment where the gospel will be shared and the power of God will be displayed, albeit in a movie that is based on a true story, but they use some artistic license, like um, that it is in an, a, a piece of entertainment, but it's a piece of entertainment that's based on reality. Um, and if you choose to see the movie, then I would also encourage you to pick up the book. We have the book available, Jesus Revolution, at our store, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store, or wherever you would want to get books, and watch the movie and read the book together. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I will purchase it when it comes out. Uh, I will watch it regularly. I was very emotional watching it. It brought to mind the uh my life before christ uh, it brought to mind my salvation experience the, the 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 scenes that they did over at pirate's cove where they were baptizing i was not baptized there but i did baptize there like i was a part of our church we would do baptisms and as a pastor and a leader there i did baptisms in pirate cove of people which was with such a privilege um, the simple gospel, the accept, um, you know, the, the accepting of hippies, uh, was carried over to the acceptance of someone like me who walked in to a Calvary chapel in 1991. Um, I don't as messed up as you could, uh, I could mess up a life before destroying it. I mean, I guess it could have got worse, uh, but it wasn't going to get better. Check that's an interesting phrase. My life could have got worse, but it wasn't going to get better. But my friend who I grew up with, did a lot of partying with, he got saved and we separated for a season. 
Um, he got saved at Calvary Chapel. Then he invited me to come to Calvary Chapel. And then we invited our, he invited our friends to a harvest crusades. They got saved. My, my friend Henry and his wife Maria serve here with us in the ministry here at Calvary. They got saved at a harvest crusade. Uh, our pastor Ian got saved at a harvest crusade. My friends Tony and Kiki got saved at a high, harvest crusade. Um, it was it was amazing, very emotional, very emotional. Uh, we it also reminded us we miss Pastor Chuck. Uh, it reminded me that my son, my oldest son Eddie, and we had a memory that came to Marie and she shared it with us uh, that my son Eddie went to a camp as a kiddo when we were in California. We sent him to one of the kids' camps. And while he was there, he got injured, and Pastor Chuck was at the camp teaching, and uh, Pastor Chuck gave uh, gave Eddie a Band-Aid, <laughs> gave him a Band-Aid, and uh, it always impacted Eddie. It was a story he always shared, uh, and he, Pastor Chuck helped to uh, alleviate his pain by stooping down and putting a Band-Aid on my son's injury, and he was just a kiddo, and then my, also it reminded us that Pastor Chuck baptized Eddie as well. Uh, so we've got a lot of history. Um, we we are our roots of this church are in Calvary Chapel, and I, uh, Gino Geraci is a pastor here in town. By the way, we got open lines. That's why I'm talking so much. I'm sorry I haven't mentioned the phone number, but I got a lot to say. Whenever I'm away, I always have a lot to say because God is on the move, isn't He? It's so good. Give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. But uh, we had deep, deep roots at Calvary Chapel. I was saved in Calvary Chapel, disciple Calvary Chapel. I pastor at Calvary Chapel. Even though it's different these days, you know, there's some drama with Calvary, but it's, you know, the enemy's always trying to dis- sow seeds of discord. It's just, we resist the devil. He will flee from us. Um, but I I got a phrase from Gino Geraci. He's a pastor here locally uh, in Denver. Uh, good, He's he's best friends with Skipitzik and a good friend of mine. Uh, he said this to me years ago. He said, uh, I'm so Calvary Chapel. If you will cut my veins, I bleed Calvary Chapel. And while I wouldn't say it so dramatically, um, my my DNA, I guess you would say it today, is Calvary. I'm grateful for it. Uh, I have chosen to grow with the times. So, you know, methodologies change and things get added. Um, but um, we teach the Bible verse by verse. We love people. We welcome people. We pray for people. Um, Grateful. So I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Jesus Revolution movie is a must-see movie. Must-see. Gotta. Must-see. It's my personal opinion. 303-690-3000. Let's go up to Fort Collins. Izzy, welcome to the program. Hi there, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? You're on the air. Excited to chat with you. Wanted to get some insight from you related to uh, all my life. Um, I would hear things from the Lord. It would certainly be uh, confirmed by others, things that um, I would hear and then um, say to them where people would uh, title me, um, which I'm not a fan of, as a prophet. and. Mm-hmm. It's come to a point where oftentimes I, I don't even like saying things anymore because I don't want to be labeled with anything. I want to be a function of the body, and uh, I want to ask you, am I being disobedient if uh, people are telling me I'm called to be a prophet, and yet 
I, I feel like, you know, I want to quell that title and just be a function of the body where, where it strengthens. Well, you're not being wrong if you want to apply people's um, uh, advice to you in a biblical way. So let's talk about that for a second. The, the Old Testament office of a prophet no longer exists. Uh, the last real prophet that we see in the scriptures is John the Baptist, and he is he, the new covenant exists now, so God isn't using um, us in that office any longer. Instead, what has been given to the new covenant church is the spiritual uh, gift of prophecy, and prophet, the spiritual gift of prophecy that we read about in Romans chapter 12 is speaking forth the word of God. And, mm -hmm. and I believe if that is a gift that you have, you absolutely should exercise it. Yes, you would be disobedient if you didn't walk in that. But people trying to impose upon you, you have the office of the prophet, you don't. Uh, people trying to impro impose upon you that you're like an Old Testament prophet, you're not. Um, but going forward with boldness, relying upon the Holy Spirit, and testing what you want to say by the Word of God and then saying it, you absolutely, we need you. We need you to speak forth the Word of God and to yield to the Spirit. Yes, do it. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, some of the things that have concerned me is exactly what you said related to offices of the prophets, and uh, that that just made me uneasy, and that was probably my spiritual alarm system going off, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, you mentioned that, because I've, I've been approached by several people before about these five-fold ministries and things of that nature, and I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a Christian, and for whatever reason, God chooses to say things to me, and, and I hear it. Um, not audibly, it's not a weird thing. There have been moments in my life where it's definitely audible, but more so, you know, just envision somebody talking, but remove the volume. You know, you're not hearing this audibly. You feel it in your heart, and it resonates with God's Word. Yeah. Uh, but, but I also mean intimate things, like God will reveal something to me related to what might be happening in someone's life or, or a person's name, and then they're shocked, like, oh my gosh, how did you know that? And I'm like, it's, it's not me knowing anything. It's just the Holy Spirit revealing that to me. Yes. And I, 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 I want to be comfortable walking in that, I'll even say as much as again, because I've really kind of quelled it, if you will, because it made me uncomfortable, oftentimes even hearing what I would hear if someone was speaking in tongues, and yeah. I felt like the Lord was giving me a revelation of something, and I would be like, yeah, I just, I'm not comfortable saying it, and gosh, it was crazy where somebody would stand up in the church and say exactly what the Lord was putting in, in my heart and mind, and it's like, man, he's going to use who he wants to use to get his, his word out there, but well, I just want to... Let me, let me jump in, because we're going to run yeah. out of time. Yeah. Um, I suggest you go to our website or download our app, so you can put my name, Ed Taylor, in your app store. Download our app. I just taught, in the book of Acts, the seven primary spiritual gifts, and and then what the other thing you were describing was not the gift of prophecy, but God was giving you a word of knowledge. Uh, and words of knowledge are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And that's something separate that works in conjunction with your gift of prophecy. And the more you learn about them, 
the more you'll be un- be able to understand how to operate and not be so embarrassed about it or not be concerned about it because that's how God uses you. So the two things you described is the word of knowledge, the manifestation of the word of knowledge in 1 Corinthians 12 and the gift of prophecy in Romans chapter 12. And I did a whole series on all of them, um, all the gifts in Romans 12, all the manifestations in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, I did studies on who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and I think it would be very helpful as you study them from a teaching perspective and you grasp their definition, it'll enable you to operate them in more and actually explain to others. Because I do not agree with the fivefold ministry that uh, is being circling around the charismatic camps today, the way they teach it. I don't believe the Bible teaches that at all. But instead, yeah. the emphasis is on the work of the Holy Spirit and not the person. And, and we'll, Anyway, we're going to run out of time. So go get those studies and then call me back and tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Thank you so much All for right. just imparting your knowledge. I appreciate Bless it. You. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of the program today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. What a great show, man. The Lord used it in an incredible way. Um, we have service this weekend. Looking forward to it. A um, couple weeks, we have our worship conference here. It's calling it Refresh Worship. It's Worship Creative. Uh, and also technical. So if you run sound, uh, you're doing the slides, you're doing graphics, social media, worship and song, uh, instruments. It's amazing. We've got some big, mature names coming out. Unbelievable. Go to our website, calvaryco.church slash refresh. Worth your time, worth your investment. Love you guys. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of the huge work God's doing in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.